you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga Podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes. This is the beginning of a series I've been wanting to do, and especially with incorporating more audio yoga classes on this podcast, I thought it would be wise to break down some of the most popular yoga poses that you will find in a sequence step by step. So look out for a yoga pose to pop up on your stream, have a listen, Try to follow along and do the pose, and I will also have the resource where you can find the pose in written form in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening, and I hope you find value. Don't forget, this is just step one. Step two is going out there and trying the pose, learning more about the pose, and really creating your own personal yoga practice. Namaste. Downward facing dog. So obviously this is one of the most recognized yoga poses. It is a standing pose, but it has a mild inversion that builds strength while stretching the entire body. It's named after the way dogs naturally stretch their entire bodies. So imagine that. Um, It's also known as downward dog or just down dog. So this is um, a transitional pose. So in yoga sequences, typically um, when you're going from floor poses to standing poses and vice versa, downward facing dog will be somewhere integrated in there. And this pose is really all about the spine. It's also sometimes considered what we call a relaxation pose, meaning you should be able to stay in it for five to 10 breaths if need be. So all of that really depends on your hand placements and just how mindful you're being in the pose. Don't want to be too lazy in the pose because you can put a lot of stress in areas of your body that are uncalled for, okay? So it's definitely a strength builder, but it's also a resting pose. Um, Downward dog energizes and rejuvenates the entire body. It deeply stretches your hamstrings, your shoulders, your calves, arches, hands, and spine while building the strength in your arms, shoulders, and legs. Because your heart is higher than your head in this pose, it is considered a mild inversion. So it's less strenuous than other inversions, such as like headstand, but it holds all the benefits of inversions. So that gives you relief from headaches, insomnia, fatigue, and mild depression. The flow of the blood to the brain also calms the nervous system, so it can improve memory and concentration and, of course, relieve stress. So those are a lot of benefits from down dog. Regular practice of this pose can improve digestion as well and relieve lower back pain or just back pain in general and help prevent osteoporosis from just strengthening of the muscles and the bone. It's also known to be therapeutic for anything having to do with your sinuses, as well as asthma, flat feet, and for the symptoms of menopause. Um, A few of the cautions in practicing down dog is if you have severe carpal tunnel syndrome 
or you're in any type of a late form of pregnancy or late term of pregnancy. So um, it should be avoided by those with any injuries to the back, arms, and shoulders, and by those with high blood pressure or any eye or inner ear infections. So keep that in mind. If you have vertigo and this is a mild inversion, um, you can, instead of keeping your eye gazes towards the ground or towards the belly area, you can just look forward or you can look in between your hands and that can give you some relief. So just to keep that in mind, always definitely work in the range of your own limits and abilities. So even in down dog, um, being one of the more popular yoga poses, if you need to completely bend your knees or skip the pose altogether and transition in a different way, you can definitely do that. So if you have any medical concerns, talk to your doctor before practicing yoga or any other exercise regimen. So we're going to begin on our hands and knees, and we call this tabletop position. So you're going to align your wrists directly under your shoulders and your knees directly under your hips. So the fold of your wrist should be parallel to the top edge of your mat, and you're going to point your middle fingers directly to the top edge of your mat. So basically, everything's pointing towards the top of your mat. You're going to stretch your elbows and relax your upper back. If possible, the eyes of your elbows are going to come forward, but really that just depends on the external rotation of your arm and the muscles, so you can play with that a little bit. Um, don't force anything, obviously. You're going to spread your fingers wide and press firmly through your palms and knuckles. So I like to say you're going to you know, really press every single finger into the mat, almost like you're going to just create five little holes per hand in your mat from your fingers. That's how you're pressing. But you're also going to distribute your weight evenly into your palm and across your hands. So you don't want to create this weird like palm up, fingers pressed in effect. You're going to really want to tuck that palm back down, okay? So that's super important for any time your hands touch the mat, this will be what you need to do. Really spread those fingers and really press everything into the earth. Exhale as you tuck your toes and you begin to lift your knees off the floor. You're going to reach your pelvis up toward the ceiling, then draw your sit bones toward the wall behind you. Gently begin to straighten your legs, but do not lock your knees. That's important. So you can always keep a little bit of a bend in your legs or your knees if you need to. Um, you can build your or bring your body into a shape of like an A. So from the side of down dog, it looks like a, an A, you know? or an upside down V, imagine your hips and thighs being pulled backwards from the top of your thighs. So someone coming behind you with like a yoga strap and wrapping it around your thighs and just pulling on it. So think of that. Do not walk your feet closer to your hands. So you're going to definitely want to keep the extension of your entire body. So your, your hands are faced out in front of you. Your feet are naturally behind you from that tabletop step back position. And then you're going to be pressing the floor away from you as you lift through your pelvis. So as you lengthen your spine, you're going to lift your sit bones up toward the ceiling and now press down equally through your heels and the palms of your hands. Firm the outer muscles of your arms and press your index fingers into the floor. Lift the inner muscles of your arms to the top of both shoulders. So basically you're drawing your shoulder blades into your upper back ribs, pushing the earth away from you. And, and as you draw your shoulders back towards your tailbone, you're going to broaden across your collarbone. So you're just really pressing the earth away from you here. 
Rotate your arms externally so that your elbow creases face your thumbs. So if you didn't already do that in tabletop before pressing up, you can start to do that external rotation of your elbow, eyes, or creases, and they can just start to face towards your thumbs. It's ever so gently, so don't force this. And it just rotates from your shoulders all the way down. Draw your chest towards your thighs as you continue to press the mat away from you and lengthen and decompress your spine. So even if the heels of your feet aren't touching the mat, the goal of this pose is really about the spine, not about the heels touching the mat. They may never touch. You may have such tight hammies from or hamstrings from biking or doing some other, you know, physical workout or just that's your anatomy. So keep that in mind. Um, I know a lot of times in class, my students will be completely focused on their heels touching the ground and definitely it's all about the spine. So really think about your spine being straight, okay? You're going to engage your quads or your quadriceps and you're going to rotate your thighs inward as you continue to lift your sit bones high. So just sort of do that internal thigh rotation here. You're going to sink your heels towards the floor. Um, but again, if they don't touch, that's okay. You're just going to internally rotate your thighs and your heels are going to start to look for the floor. Align your ears with your upper arms. So you're going to relax your head, but you're not going to let it dangle. You're going to really just gaze between your legs or towards your navel or in that general area. And you're going to hold for about five to maybe even a hundred breaths, but typically, you know, three to five really deep breaths. And then to release, you're going to exhale as you gently bend your knees and come back to your hands and knees. That is one way. Another thing that you will hear in my yoga class is we'll begin to walk our feet to our hands or our hands to our feet. Um, you may jump or float or gl guide, glide yourself to the top of your yoga mat as well. Um, so there's other ways that you may be called to leave downward facing dogs. So keep that in mind as well. Some modifications or variations um, for this pose, you know, may need to be performed, but you can also skip this pose entirely as we discuss. So um, this pose is performed so often during certain types of yoga practices. Um, some examples are ashtanga or vinyasa or like a power yoga type class that it is super important to learn how to do it correctly. Otherwise, you will... Um, have injury, especially in your wrists, or just fatigue, your arms will give out. So here's some variations. Try to begin warming up and stretching the hips by bending one knee while keeping the other leg straight. So basically, your pet, when you're in downward dog, um, you'll pedal your feet, just kind of warming up your hips or stretching your hips. Or um, you can do this every time you're in down dog, or you can just do it at your first one or two dogs of the day. Um, you can shake your head uh, yes, or you can shake it left to right, right to left. So that's nice um, on your neck. Um, to correctly learn the spine lengthening aspect of down dog, you can first bend your knees in the pose, and then you can come onto the balls of your feet, bring your shins parallel to the mat, and keep your sit bones lifting high and back. So your knees are kind of going towards the mat, sort of. 
Um, then you're going to press your hips toward the wall behind you, then slowly begin to straighten your legs. So typically for even my practices, when I first go into down dog myself, I always bend my knees to the extreme, almost like my chest is going to rest on my thighs. And then I play with my back. So I kind of put it in cat, I put it in cow, and then I find my neutral spine. Then I straighten my legs. Um, some yoga teachers may also have you place a block between your legs and have to hold them together as you straighten your legs. It could kind of help straighten your back because your energy is placed on your leg on the block and you're creating that internal rotation um, instinctively then just so you don't drop the block. So it's pretty cool. Um, if you want a greater challenge, however, you can lift your right leg as high as possible, reaching through your heel, and then you can keep that right leg lifted and you can extend your left arm behind you and rest the back of your hand on your low back or just grab for your ankle. Um, you can also do standing splits or three-legged dog, um, which we will talk about how to do those more appropriately in a different um, recording. And then for a restorative version of this pose, you're going to want to place a yoga block under your head. So you can release all your neck tension by just kind of like, instead of letting your head dangle, it can just be on the block. So this is also good too if you just are tired and have done a lot of down dogs in one practice. You can just grab that block and place it there. And you can hold that up to five minutes, especially if you're trying to get a little bit more of an inversion effect. Um, and we already talked about placing that yoga block between the inner thighs to learn the movement of inner rotation. You can grip that block with your thighs and press it toward the wall behind you as you hold the pose as well. So, and then I usually let my class uh, drop the block midair. It's a little fun. Um, a few other tips when done correctly. Your down dog can greatly benefit your entire body like we've discussed. Um, but keep this information in your mind when you're practicing this pose. If you are very flexible, do not let your rib cage sink toward the floor. So if you have a very flexible spine, sometimes your front body will just kind of sink like uh, in the cat-cow position, like cow. So you're going to want to draw your lower ribs in and maintain a flat back. Um, also, you can tend to like have your shoulder blades too close and it's almost like you're folding in two from the back, like a taco. Um, so again, creating that flat back is super important. And if you can't tell because you're so flexible, a mirror will help or someone uh, taking a photo or recording it. Again, private sessions are so awesome for these reasons. Your heels, like we always talk about, do not have to touch the ground. So definitely don't worry about it, but do avoid walking your feet closer to your hands to try to touch your heels to the ground. You're mostly going to want to maintain that length from your spine and lift up your pelvis. So sometimes students will walk their feet closer and then they're like in this very awkward upside down V, which is not really down or it is not down dog anymore at that point. Um, so practicing downward dog will warm, strengthen, and stretch the entire body. You can use it as a transitional pose between other poses or as a full body stretch on its own. So you can wake up in the morning and do a few rounds of down dog or during your day if you need to increase blood flow and energy while calming your mind because it's that slight inversion. Or you may find the benefits extend to all areas of your life, even off the mat. So enjoy Downward Facing Dog in an entire new way. Namaste. 
Download the Spotify or Stitcher app for free. Find all the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast episodes on there, including my new series where I break down yoga poses one by one, step by step, as well as downloading free audio yoga classes and other podcast episodes. Thank you so much. Namaste. Thank you.